This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. game road trip they pick up three of a possible six points but don't get one against the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche tonight the final score at Ball Arena in Denver Colorado four and Calgary one yes the Calgary Flames following a similar script Saturday night in Colorado Bad timing on goals, not enough offense, plenty of the storylines that we've talked about all season long at the forefront of another Flames loss. And as you heard Derek Wills say on the call there, just three points out of a possible six for the Calgary Flames after stops in Arizona, Las Vegas, and Colorado. And now with the trade deadline just days away, the Calgary Flames open up what might be one of their toughest homestands of the regular season. Welcome to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta. Lots to get to on the program today. We'll chat with Pete Labardius in just seconds. He kicks off every program for us here on Sportsnet today. We'll also chat with Sportsnet's Sam Cosentino. In case you've missed it, uh, we've had an early edition of the trade deadline all weekend long. Massive deals. Another big trade today involving the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll get to all of that and react to it throughout the program. And it was a practice day. For the Calgary Flames, back on the ice at the Scotiabank Saddledome, getting set for the league-leading Boston Bruins on Tuesday night. We'll hear from head coach Daryl Sutter, Rasmus Anderson, Blake Coleman, and more a little bit later on on the program. Let's kick things off like we always do. Heading down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcoming in the color voice of the Calgary Flames today. He is Peter Labardius, and he is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations the Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am awesome. How are you? I'm doing great, pal. What uh, are the uh, lovely confines of our uh, province's capital like today? Uh, sunny. A uh, little bit on the cool side, but not too bad. And the reason I am here is the reason I usually make my way up to Edmonton is uh, I have this person called a son who, <laughs> who needs to be a priority once in a while yep. for dad. And I'm not sure dad always has his priorities straight where the boy is concerned. But, uh, yeah, we had a great day yesterday. Um, it. I'll tell you what it's like sometimes, Logan, to be the father of my son, who I always say this, he's taught me more than I will ever teach him. And yes, he is certainly on the spectrum. 
and certainly on the, you know, better side of the spectrum. So yesterday, came in, bought him some lunch, uh, have a good enough relationship with his mother and her new husband that, you know, they don't throw me out of the house. They pretty much welcome me. So for seven straight hours, uh, we watched NASCAR, the Cup Series race, and then three hours of the Xfinity race because it was postponed from Saturday. And at that point, it got to be about 8.30, quarter to nine. And Kale looked at me and he said, Dad, yep. What, son? Uh, it's probably time for you to go to your hotel now, right? <laughs> so I got the Heisman. I said, what are you going to do? Well, he goes, you know, I'm going to take a little time in my room for me uh, before I go to bed. So that's, uh, there you have it. Uh, it's always good. It's always good to spend some time uh, with little Lou and good to see you guys getting some time in and uh, off to the uh, brand new rink. I guess not brand new, but still new uh, rink tonight for a little bit of hockey with you and the boy. Yeah, yeah, me and uh, my son, and I will be the only non Edmonton fan in our group and his stepdad. So, yes, people, if you try, you can coexist um, <laughs> in these situations. That's probably a different show for a different day. Yeah, and probably. I've become much better at it than yeah. uh, I used to be. So, yes, the three of us are going to attend tonight's Boston. Edmonton game, which um, in the work side for me is a great opportunity to get a look with my own two eyes in person at the juggernaut that is the Boston Bruins coming off another victory on Saturday in Vancouver. Yeah, it should be a great game tonight, I'm sure, for the Oilers too, looking to see how they stack up against the league's best team. And they've got a couple of new faces in their lineup with Hathaway and Orlov, so uh, should be great, and of course for Flames fans, tune in on Sportsnet West tonight uh, to get that same look uh, as to what's coming to town Tuesday against the Calgary Flames, and that's where we'll uh, kick things off. Lou, the Flames falling uh, against the Colorado Avalanche Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, I mentioned it coming in. Felt like a lot of the same storylines we've talked about for the majority of the season were at the forefront of that loss Saturday. Well, it's true, and it's almost at the point for me, Logan, because, as you know, there's not a lot of time in my world where I'm not thinking about things and trying to understand whether it's hockey teams or people or starting with the donkey at times that can be me. Um, the mind is always in motion and always looking for different angles and different ways of dealing into things, and um, I'm not at a loss. I certainly think I understand that, you know, confidence is not at a high for this group. Uh, I don't see a lot of joy. Winning is usually what fixes everything. And, you know, winning also for anything that might bug you or bother you, you know, when you're getting enough out of it, then some of the outside noises, I think, for all of us, don't you think, Logan, go away? 100%. And there, there were just, there's not been a lot of positive around this group. And it's an incredible task for a team that entered the year with high expectations and new players and lots of hopes for new players to take the place or in part fill the role of 
other players that people here loved, and for good reason, especially in the case of Johnny Gaudreau, and maybe to a bit of a lesser extent in Matthew Kachuk. And Logan, I say it all the time and try not to be a broken record, but this season has been a broken record. And it's really about nothing that's gone on up until this point in time, but what are you prepared to do different as a team, whether it's in your leadership, whether it's anyone that makes an impact. And I talk about that all the time because there's lots of things that I struggle with and, and have for a long time. And what I've really learned in the last number of years is this. When I can get my mind in the right place and remind myself of why I do things and why it's important to me, then the noises in my head are easier to manage. And I have a busy head. Make no bones about it. So I I think I have pretty good perspective. And you know, and I know that maybe for some of the people listening, I said this on the pregame show the other day. This isn't this isn't just about hockey. It's about people, and they have good people. And it's why Logan, in a lot of ways. So you know, I've spent part of the morning working ahead towards tomorrow, working on another little project I'm involved in, and in the background today, I was listening to the general manager of the New York Mets. So we very much live in a world where everything is assessed by way of numbers. And it is very much rewarded sometimes that way. But let's take not even the Mets, but let's, who, by the way, have the highest payroll in all of baseball. Even their general manager is smart enough to understand that really what you're trying to do is when you build your team, you're trying to build your probability and putting yourself in contention as many times as you possibly can. And those steps, even for the Mets, look what the Padres have done. You know, they spend more money now than the Dodgers. But the truth of the matter is, Logan, and this has never changed, team closeness and guys within your room whose message gets across and have the ability to pull people together can be the great difference, not their salaries, but in in that room in Calgary, like every other room in pro sports, you don't think there aren't guys who are saying, why do I get treated differently than this player? I think I'm doing more than this guy. And yet his leash is way longer And maybe I'm producing more. So what's in it for me? The leadership comes in tying it all together. And it's a hard job. In the world we live in, it's never been more difficult to bring people together. And to me, that's really what this is. And it's the examination on an everyday basis. And that's what coaches do. That's what Brad Treleving does. That's what I know Brad thinks about it probably every minute of every day. How can he help? How can he not necessarily fix it, but how can he push it into a better place? In fact, he tried to do that last week when, from what I was told, he called everybody into a meeting and said, 
erase what's happened up until then in your mind. We're starting today. And we can only control what we're going to do from today till the end of the season. Now, again, it's easier said than done. And that's where this team, that's where this team is at. And that's what they've got to get to in these last 22 games to do better and make the playoffs. That's it. That's the easy explanation. The hard part is whether you're a GM, whether you're one of the players, whether you're a rookie, whether you're a coach, what are you going to do to challenge yourself to maybe do it different than you've done in the past? Because I don't think it's working. And yet, as I said on the air the other day, and I'll repeat it on this show, I think Daryl Sutter is a brilliant coach and has a brilliant hockey mind. But I have learned in my own way, and even in the last 10 years, that my methods of trying to mentor and lead younger people don't work the way they used to. And it's been a struggle for me. And it hurts my bloody heart because I want to make a difference. And everybody in that room, players, equipment people, medical people, there are millions of good people in there. But somehow, something's got to galvanize this group. And it, it could be two wins this week against Boston and Toronto. I know you don't have the answer to this, Lou, but... I have to ask about the goaltending. And, and 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 neither do I. Yeah. So I even before you ask it, I know I'm not gonna have the answer. No, I just I know you guys talked about it on the post game show and I, I thought it was a good discussion about, you know, who thought we would be here at this point where, you know, Pat brought up the stat they have the worst combined save percentage in the league since the all star break. That's a problem. Both of these guys have been given ample opportunity to grab the ball and run with it, and neither one has taken that opportunity, Lou, and done anything with it. Logan, I do have an answer to it. What you just said, and for even Jacob, the players on the team, and yes, a very smart man sat me down in the Estevan Bruins coaching office when I was 18, and it was one of the first lessons I ever got in this sport, and I've never forgotten it almost 40 years later. Jerry James said to me, Peter, I want you to always remember this. He said, in a lot of cases, when people look at the sport of hockey, they think that when your goaltending is questionable, that you just tighten up. And so you make it harder. He said, no, it's actually the opposite. He says, told me in his opinion, average goaltending can make a good team average. Average goaltending can make a great team a good team. Because again, you have to have confidence and trust in what happens back there. It's still the most important position in the game. And the numbers you just brought brought up, Logan, tell that story. It hasn't been a good year there. 
and the Flames, by and large, are very good at, at least for the most part, limiting chances. But whether it's not getting your goalies enough when you're better at the other end, or maybe not getting key saves at the right time, that's a double whammy. And so, yes. But Logan, no matter how much you talk about it, I talk about it, Pat talks about it, it it really at this point doesn't matter. You're not changing those save percentages. You're not getting the first 60 games back. You're not. You can't change that. Because Lord knows if I could change things in the rear view mirror, I'd spend the next 10 years fixing part of it. I can tell you that. And I've had a good run. I can't, my mind can't get there. And when it does, all I can focus on, whether it's doing my job or whether it's being a dad or whatever the heck it is, all I can do is prepare myself to be better tomorrow. And if what I'm doing to get ready is not producing results, then how do I do it a little different? But you live in the world that they live in. Heck, Logan, you live in the world we live in. How'd this hit start? This hit started with you talking about, and you, and I, this is not being critical. It's the same story. You know what the same story feeds? The next chapter of the same story. So. I never used to be a big believer in mindset. I didn't. I thought, just work your ass off. Do what you've always done, and it's going to get you there. I don't think that way anymore. I don't. Mindset, your approach, your preparation, how you do it, how you deal with other people, thinking about what they need sometimes more than what you need. That's how you get to a better place. And I apologize today for the segment of This is Dr. Lou or Life Lessons with Lou as I had this morning on the morning show. But I really believe it with all my heart. This is not a hockey problem. They have good hockey players. And they have great coaches. But it hasn't translated yet. Can you still learn something from this team, Lou, over these next two games, specifically being that Boston and Toronto are as high up in the league standings as they are? Can you learn something from how these next two games go from Calgary, or is it kind of, you know, I don't want to say too little too late, but I, I just don't know what, as good as teams as they're coming in, I just don't know what what changes with this group, even if they do have two good performances, if you know what I mean. Well, Logan, the only thing I would say to that is when was the last time they won two games in a row? That's been a while. So do you think that two wins over those two teams might be a springboard when you're desperately looking for one? I think it could be. Yeah. You need something. This group needs something to feel good about. And for the most part, a lot of the process, because of how they are coached, because of what they value, 
and the type of people they have. And, and I'll explain, use any stat you want. But this season for me really breaks down statistically, not between the years, but even statistically. They have been a much better team and a better record against playoff teams than non-playoff teams. I never go into nights like even this week. And they may take one on the chin. It's very possible against these two teams. But, but the hard part for me is really not what they do against Boston and Toronto and those teams. It's what they've left on the table against non-playoff teams. That's where I evaluate. Because they've already shown me even this season that despite their lack of finish, despite getting key saves at key times, they're still over 500 against those teams. So that leads me to believe you're capable. Where I judge harder is what do you do in the games that, and I have my hands in the air right now, in quotations, what do you do and what do you learn and are you getting better at what you haven't got better at? That's taking care of business against non-playoff teams. Uh, away from the Flames, we'll dive more into them this week. Obviously, a couple game days coming up, Lou, but uh, everyone's talking about Friday. You and me will uh, share some airtime together on Friday at the Saddledome for uh, some mm-hmm. trade deadline coverage here. Uh, and I was texting you yesterday saying, this race, there's not going to be much left for us to talk about on Friday. I'm sure there'll still be plenty for us to uh, to dive into. But anything caught your eye out of the deals that we've seen over the last 24, 48 hours? Which one that's one that's really been like, wow, I didn't see that one coming, or I love that move, something like that? You know, I think for me, right at this very second, and maybe I'm influenced by the Leafs' latest trade, But Kyle Dubas and that management group, they are all in. They have left nothing. They have left nothing. And I, again, I give them all the credit in the world, and I don't even know if it's going to work. But they had to do different. And they had to continue to plug away and find things that give them a better chance to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in the case of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's different, Logan. They're a really good team. But they have a barrier to get over. It's called winning a round in the playoffs, something they haven't done since 2004. They have a terrific team. And now there is really nothing there outside of one area. Goaltending. Mm-hmm. And it's potentially a big area. But even the moves today to get Jake McCabe, um, you know, to again add some grit, to add a veteran leader recently and Ryan O'Reilly, who knows how to get it done in big games when it matters. All you can do is give your team the best opportunity, and then it's up to your group to do it. And they have one heck of a challenge because of the, quote, bracket they are in. 
in the case of New Jersey, will they be able to re-sign Timo Meyer? But I love that move because, again, Tom Fitzgerald, who was on today, and I listened to it, with Jeff Merrick, he understands what his team doesn't have and what they need. And that guy's also 26 years old, potentially with an opportunity to grow with a bunch of other really good young players and a prospect pool of more good ones to come. Mm-hmm. So understanding and really having in intellectual honesty about when your team is close, whether they're still building and where they are. Cause not everybody's going to win the Stanley cup. We are going to have teams that lose out earlier than they probably should based on the format and the types of teams, especially in the East Lou. Well, the East is borderline ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But even if you are New Jersey, you're not just adding Timo Meyer to get ready for the Rangers and take a run at the Stanley Cup. You don't have any playoff experience with your kids. You don't know what it's like to be there. So you have to take steps. And if I am on the same page as Daryl, which I am, by the way, in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, is when he talks about the steps to get there and how generally this is a process where your team needs to go through two or three different playoff experiences in a row before you really give yourself a chance to get to the promised land. And there is no greater example of that than the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had to knock on the door several times before they kicked it down. And in fact, part of their process was a 62-game winning regular season in which they were swept in round one. There is no direct path. But like the New York Mets general manager said today, Put yourself in the fight, up your probability, learn from your experiences, and the more times you're in the tussle, the better chance you give yourself of getting to the next level and then the highest level. Lou, enjoy the game tonight with your son. Uh, Safe travels back to Calgary, and we'll see you at the Dome tomorrow, pal. And sorry if you, Taylor, Cameron, and everybody listening are exhausted. Bye now. <laughs> Take care, Lou. Vito Labardius joins us every single day to kick off this uh, program, and he does so courtesy of our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Just a touch, a touch of all the trades that have happened oh, with Peter Labardius there. We'll dive into as many of them as we possibly can it was a wild weekend across the NHL, massive deals, and they continued and spilled over to this Monday afternoon here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You might have been confused as to when the NHL's trade deadline actually was. It wasn't over the weekend, and it's not 
this Monday afternoon. It is, in fact, Friday afternoon. One o'clock Mountain Time. The NHL's 2023 trade deadline is upon us. But if you saw all of the massive names and moves over the last 48 hours and were a bit confused about it, I don't blame you. But there's still more to come. At least I hope there's more to come. When you have a couple hours lined up like I do on a Friday, covering trade deadline moves, you're hopeful that there's something coming down the pipe. Maybe there's something Flames-related. Will they be buyers? Will they be sellers? We'll find out. Of course, Sportsnet 960, your trusted source for Flames breaking news and all of our trade deadline coverage brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Logan Gordon along with you. This is Sportsnet today on this Monday afternoon. And lots to dive into. We will chat more Calgary Flames hockey a little bit later on in the program. Team was back on the practice ice of the Scotiabank Saddledome. No real news or notes from practice today, but some interesting comments from head coach Daryl Sutter, Rasmus Anderson, and Blake Coleman. So we'll hear from them a little bit later on. We are efforting uh, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet to potentially go through some of these trades. And look, it was as wild a weekend before the trade deadline as I can remember to go through some of the trades. And then we'll dive into what we've seen today. Toronto, of course, getting things done earlier on. They kind of kick things off with a massive move. Ryan O'Reilly, Noel Achari, part of that deal. And then the weekend saw all of these moves and still more to come. We've and I won't go through each of the, some of them with large trade packages. We won't, we won't dive into every single draft pick on every single uh, transaction, but we'll give you the Coles notes version of them. How about the Tampa Bay Lightning? One of those teams spending massive draft capital. They pick up Tanner Janot, now formerly of the Nashville Predators. The New Jersey Devils swing for the fences and land Timo Meyer in a massive trade with the San Jose Sharks. Rangers trying to land Patrick Kane at some point this week. Some money's got to go out. Vitaly Kratzoff. See you later. You're on your way to the Vancouver Canucks. We'll talk about that on Tuesday's show with Vic Nazar from Sportsnet 650. Evgeny Dodonov, welcome to Dallas. As the Stars have been one of the surprise teams near the top of the West this season, they make an interesting swap with Montreal that sees the younger but underperforming Denis Gurianov head back to Montreal. St. Louis continues their retool, rebuild on the fly, if you will. Ivan Barbashev shipped off to the Vegas Golden Knights. And Jack Johnson, who whose on-ice impact may have seen better days, clearly his off-ice impact still valued 
by a team like the Colorado Avalanche. He is back with the defending Stanley Cup champions. And I will take you back to banner raising day earlier in October for Colorado. It just so happened to be against Johnson's new team, the Chicago Blackhawks. And you could tell how much the Avalanche teammates missed Johnson, but it happens on those Stanley Cup windows. It'll happen again this year. Somebody that wins the Stanley Cup likely has to say goodbye to an older, higher-priced veteran. It happens all the time. But banner-raising night. The Avalanche teammates say, Jack, get over here. You're part of this team. Come enjoy it with us. Come be part of it and be a part of the banner-raising here in Colorado. So they do that. Clearly, with Chicago not going anywhere this season, it's an easy ad, depth veteran ad for Colorado, and clearly someone they respect in that locker room. If you have thoughts on any of these deals, anything you want to talk about, who's still left to be traded, what's happening with Patrick Kane, all of these moves, we're going to highlight a couple of them here at 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. And Cam, I was joking about this on the weekend with Lou, as I mentioned in our first segment, because we have uh, deadline duties to do on Friday. Just, I just need a couple moves saved for Friday. Yeah, if just one or two. If everyone could just put a pause on it, you know, we had our weekend of of crazy trades. Just put a pause on it till Friday. That'd be great. Yeah, just just a couple, like one or two. There's, there's not many names left on the old trade board. Tuesday. You know, one or two little depth moves, and then leave the big ones for Friday. Yeah, just just give us a bit. We need NBA-level deadlines on Friday. I don't even need that. <laughs> I just need enough NHL content to get here. And now on the, the positive is, you know, the Leafs have been busy. Montreal's done it. So there's some Canadian content that you can get into, and that's fun. Flames haven't done anything. Might not do anything, might do something significant. Who knows? That's still in the works. Well, I mean, we're getting like WHL level trades right now, which is kind of insane. Oh, it's 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 F all the draft picks. See you later. Prospects, draft picks, nah, futures? F them nah. picks. We don't need them. We're not going to take them. All my homies hate draft picks. All my homies hate draft picks. Julian Breezewa, I hate him. Kyle Dubas, see you later. I don't want to see anybody in this building under 25 years of age. Get out. And I love it. I want to be very clear. Even if you think that Tampa Bay has overpaid or that somehow New Jersey overpaid on that deal, if they sign Meyer, there's no way that's an overpay. But I I love, and I don't know if you two feel the same way about this, I love the go-for-it mentality. The next GM should hate you. <laughs> like the guy that replaces Kyle Dubas should hate him because there's no draft picks. Like how many picks do I have to work with? Matthews oh. is gone and Marner is oh. gone and you don't have anybody in the system because you went for it every single year. Because ask Tampa Bay. I don't care who says it. It was, it was all over. You paid that much for Tanner Janot? Was it five picks? It was a lot. Three picks, three prospects. Oh, my God. It was a lot. It was, I I just, and I don't care. I do not care. Because Julian Brisewa 
should not see any of those draft picks. They don't matter. And in the grand scheme of things, if you value it out, really the first and some of the seconds are what you're worried about. Right. Everything past that is just, you know, you're you're knocking on future lottery considerations tickets. door it's there. It's a lottery ticket. Yeah. It's a hope and a prayer. And even then, it's not a large percentage of guys that are end of the first round that jump into NHL lineups. Tampa Bay picking 28th in this year's draft, as good of a draft as it is, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Even if that young man is able to come into your lineup in three years, that does nothing for you. Absolutely nothing. I think they should, if I was Tampa Bay and there was another move to make, I'd go out and do it again. Right, because how many, realistically, how many years do you have left with this core right now? Well, for Tampa, it's, it's almost less than most. Yeah. Stamkos is getting older. He's, he'll be 35 when his deal is done. Hedman's already 32, which is, but you still have a window. You still have Kucherov. You still have Point. You still have Sorelli. You have Hedman, and you have one of the best goaltenders in the league. Why do other teams regret or not do this? I have no idea. And look, if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're Ken Holland and you say, well, I can't do what Tampa Bay does because I don't have Andre Vasilevsky or because I don't have Victor Hedman, then use all of those picks and prospects to get yourself a number one defenseman and go get, and get yourself a good goalie. Right. And then every trade deadline that comes up that you have Connor and you have Leon you throw everything against the wall. You reload every single year. And if you don't, like, realistically, what are you doing with these two guys? And how are you expecting them to stay long-term as the faces of your franchise? It's, it's, it's insane to me that more people don't, or more NHL GMs won't go down this road. And it's easy to pick on Edmonton because, yes, we're in Calgary, and I get it. But I, I can't get around. If I was Ken Holland, I would be offering up my first for the next three years to get whatever it is I needed because Connor and Leon are not forever. They are fleeting assets. And as long as you think you have a Stanley Cup window with them, which you your do, draft picks should not matter. I'm sorry, they shouldn't. And that's. I look at Toronto, and as someone on the text line says, look, you're talking about the Leafs and Dubas. You can't get out of the first round. Yeah, but that's not on Kyle Dubas anymore. Kyle Dubas has gone out and said, I'm giving you everything I can. Now, the goaltending is what it is in, in Toronto. It could be the biggest thing that holds them back from it. But he's tried. Would I have put all my chips in on Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov? I, I don't know about that. But how often do starting goaltenders come up in the market? Not very often. So he's tried to work his way around it. I get it. But as far as doing everything that he can to make his... At the end of the year, when every GM, except for one, has to sit down and say, you weren't good enough. Why weren't you good enough? Why didn't your team do this? They all have to answer those questions. What went wrong? What would you change? 
at the end of the year, I'd rather be Kyle Dubas, who sat there and said, I did it all. What more did you want me to do? As of today's trade, he's acquired a top four defenseman in Jake McCabe. He's added three pieces to their uh, forward group. There just isn't, there isn't starting goaltenders out there. I'm sorry. If there were, everybody would go after them. But don't be the team that sits there and, and ponders, oh, man, I could get that guy, but it's going to cost me a second in 2025. Screw 2025. Doozy. 2025 second. Screw that. Trade every pick. <laughs> Because they're in a the similar NBA situation. The picks from 2030, man. They're in the same situation as Edmonton. It's unbelievable. Everyone's saying Matthews is going to go to Arizona. How long do you have left of him? It's just, you have him, you have Mitch Marner, and you have probably the, the best looking Leafs team in what, the last five years? Well, it doesn't, it, it doesn't even... You go in. You go you're in. You're still in the room. Cam, you're still you there. In. I hate to break it to you. The Leafs are still going to get out in the first round. No, they probably no will. You know what? You're probably no right. No shot. I like Tampa Bay a lot better because of those key pieces that we've talked about, Taylor. And you're right. But but that Kyle Dubas can't change that. You know what I mean? He can't say, okay, well, if they just change this stupid playoff format. Because that's a loser's attitude. To go into the postseason and say, well, we couldn't get past Tampa Bay, so... That 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 sealed our cup window year after well, year. Well, that sucked. Darn. Well, too bad. Darn, you know. Gosh darn. You want to be the champs? Beat the champs. If you can't get past Tampa Bay in the first round six times year after year, then you didn't deserve to be a Stanley Cup champion. I'm sorry. But at least at the end of the day, Kyle Dubas and um, I'm talking Julian Breeze won Tampa Bay, at least they can sit there and say we went for it. And I gave my team every opportunity to be there. Because guess what? It doesn't matter. I know the draft pick capital can seem immense. But go through year after year how many times the fourth rounder or even the third rounder, how many times those guys even made the NHL or made the NHL in an appropriate time to help your core. It's what's happening in Edmonton right now. Broberg and Holloway, they might be great players, but they need respectable time to develop. And will they be great by the time? By the time Connor and Leon's contract come up, or by the time that they're not in a Stanley Cup window, you don't exactly. know. Exactly. I would trade my draft picks for NHL certainties in a Stanley Cup window as often as I possibly could. And yes, could it hurt sometimes? Absolutely. Is eventually one of those picks going to turn out to be something? Yeah, probably. But you can't you can't you can't have that mindset ahead of the NHL's trade deadline. You I just think there's just not enough teams for me that are willing to take that step. And it's not, I get it. It's not, it's easy for me to sit here and say that I don't have to answer the questions. I don't have to, to go to ownership and say, Hey, we added $10 million of salary late in the season. And we got you exactly zero more playoff wins. I don't have to say that, but I'm just, I'm stunned when you've seen what Tampa Bay has been willing to do the last couple of years. And yes, not everybody's Tampa Bay. I get it. 
But if you just looked at it, you said, why would we not go for it? Right? Here's Boston in the middle of it again. You don't have a five-year wingspan with Bergeron and Krejci and all these guys. We spend the picks today, and the next guy can worry about them. And I love it. I hope that there's more of it. There's been a lot of it this year, and we've got five days left to see what else is going to happen. Please give me more of it. Give me all of it, because I am here for teams who are willing to push it all in. That, to me, is exciting. I mean, the what if should be, what if we do this and we make the playoffs or win the Stanley Cup, not what if this draft pick turns out to be something. Exactly. Exactly. What if I don't get Ryan O'Reilly and I miss out on a chance to finally push us over the other end? Not what is this pick going to be in four years? Future you can deal with that. Today is what is what it matters, and I love seeing some of these GMs do it. I hope more do it. As you know, a couple of people point on the text line at nine six zero nine six zero. Yeah, the salary cap can be a difficult restraint in that. I understand that cost controlled assets make a big difference for a team, but that's only if you hit on that draft pick and if that player can come into your lineup and make a difference. And that's asking a lot of guys at eighteen. 19-year-olds. Not everybody's going to be Connor Bedard. So for Tampa Bay, they sit there and go, look, instead of taking a chance on an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid to come in and be in my lineup, I'm going to spend that pick on Tanner Janot, who's 23, 24 years old and an established NHL name already, who's going to be a cross-controlled asset for my group going forward. He's 25. 25-year-old tennis. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because there are teams clearly this year that are, you know, stocking up on the draft. Look at how many picks Chicago has. San Jose's piling up the picks. It's a good way to do a rebuild. But on the other end, how many of those teams were, are willing to, to push the chips all in and say, I have faith in my group and I don't care what – I don't care who the first round matchup is. I don't care who the second. This is what we're going with. But a lot of it. I hope there's a lot more of it in the next week. Quick reminder, we'll be all over the trade deadline on Friday. Wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, Pete Labardis is going to join me in the afternoon. We'll take you right through to deadline day. We'll be at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome all day long in case something happens with the Calgary Flames. You know where to find uh, the latest news. It's right here. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan, and our coverage is brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is a Tuxedo Source for Sports, 2520 Center Street North. You're listening to Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.